0: Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Charlie. And in today's episode, we're reading chapters 11 and 12, because I can count, of Goblet of Fire. We discuss things like traveling to Hogwarts and Malfoy just loving Harry. And more traveling to Hogwarts. And other travel related issues. We discuss UK geography. There's also some logistical issues that we dive into. You guys love logistics and geography. That is the only reason you subscribe to this This podcast. This is our niche. We may market (laughs) ourselves as a British podcast. we may market ourselves as a drunken podcast, but we know our real niche is our absolute love of geography and public transport, so join us. Grab a glass of... I mean, we started with drinks. That yeah. You'll find out. They were too strong. We've barely drunk <laughs> any. Grab a glass of booze. Grab a map of England. Join and us. Knuckle down. On this reminiscent journey... Hello, it's us again. My pop socket's all floppity doo dah. Yeah, Hannah's pop socket has erectile dysfunction; it won't stay up. I mean, don't shame people, Charlie. It's fine. Shit, I left my phone in the kitchen. You're closer. Can you go get it? Because it has everything I need to read out. I fucking hate her. It's your favourite drunk adult... Po- no, adult podcast sounds like we read... Po- oh my God. Sometimes people at work, like I try to explain the podcast and I explain it really badly and it sounds like we do something dodgy. I'm like, so it's like an adult Harry Potter podcast. And then I'm like, no, wait, not like that. It's drunk. Yeah. It's not adult. It's drunk. <laughs> Aside from the time we had to read Nathan's fan fiction for our Patreon bonus episode. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that was, was adult. A bit adult. That was a bit adult. I haven't told anyone at work about... Everyone at work knows about the podcast. People don't. know about the patreon do they not no they know i have one they They are explicitly told not to sign up right we're back we are Ah. guys we've been at the pub all day we're on a gin heavy time yeah but we were at the pub since about three on the pints on the pints. and now it's 10 and we've drunk half a bottle of gin between us Hi guys, it's Ed Charlie here. I just want to point out that this was pre-recorded. This was recorded about a month ago before the country went into lockdown. Me and Hannah haven't seen each other recently. We haven't gone to the pub. Um, Yeah, this was pre-recorded. So um, let's record a podcast. I mean, why not? So we have some more reviews to read out. We do. So the first review is from Joanna, who says, we have ruined every other podcast for her. Good. Every single one? Good. During this, these Corona times. Di- <laughs> Sorry about the coronavirus. By now, it could be completely irrelevant. Or it could be worse. I mean, actually, we say by now, but I always forget the, like, podcasts people will listen to this in like two years time. Like, this doesn't go away. Oh. It's not like YouTube videos yeah, where most of the- Yeah, sometimes we get tweets, like of what I think is the most random shit. They're like, I guessed you were in Gryffindor. And I'm like, what are you talking- oh, oh, the third episode. Yeah. I forget that podcasts just continue to build. Cause we both come from like a YouTube background where most of your views happen on your latest. So it's very weird getting used to a system where people go back, especially us because we Doing a linear book series, yeah. and people are like, Oh, so what you were talking about in episode 17, blah, 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 blah. And, and I'm, I'm like, like, I really want to give you a great reply to I this, know. and it means so much that people will like tweet us about like every episode, but also sometimes I'm just like, I don't, I don't know remember what God. you're talking about. <laughs> sometimes just, I have to go back and listen or go back and read a part yeah. of a book because I'm like, I don't i was about. so drunk i know a year ago a when year we re- recorded that <laughs> a year, <laughs> year and a half to get worse on it. anyway <laughs> so joanna says but also never stop because we love it we literally i want to hear more about what house you guessed we were in like i love that yeah. kind of shit so she says we ruined every other podcast for her but we've also given her a new appreciation on the books which you know that's High praise. Yeah. Thank you. We're just shitting on these books and picking it apart and... And also because sometimes I feel like there is nothing new that you can say about Harry Potter. Like, it is all... All been been said. said. So I like when people say things like, Oh, like a new appreciation or something because I'm like, at least we've maybe contributed something. Something to this discussion. Yeah. I guess maybe no one has pointed out that Harry would have frozen on the doorstep or that the Hogwarts Our legacy would go lives. through. <laughs> Literally we have we have two legacies. Norfolk and Harry freezing to death on the doorstep. Yeah, we will milk those jokes for all that they are worth. Watch out for the t shirts coming your way. At at some, 20, point. 20 at some point. A big thank you to Louise, who says that they're away from home for seven months. Oh my god, that's so long. So long. And that this podcast keeps them feeling close to their favourite story and is cosy, funny, and informative. And I love that. I love any... You um, know we love the reviews. That, I feel like if we say that, people are going to leave it more. but Yeah. Cosy makes me really emotional because we both listen to the audiobooks and reread the books to make us feel... cozy Cozy. and warm so the fact that that podcast gives people the same if everything else got stripped away all i would want from this podcast is to make people feel some of the same feelings i feel when i reread the book Mm -hmm. so and we also have new patreons so a huge thank you to rachel and to Lindsay, and to Chloe, and to Sasha, all of whom have joined the Patreon. They are helping support this podcast. Charlie, tell um, us what we're drinking! Yeah, I was going to say, so speaking of Patreon. Ah, so th- today, our one of our new producer-level patrons who... So, I'm really sorry, I have been calling them veronica in quite a few episodes just because of the way they wrote their name but it's actually a cipher and um they said they we can change their name every time we read it out whatever they want but um they said just pronounce it as vr if we want to so vr said that this weekend they were making a load of martinis with their friends and that we should do it too which is great time your patrons for when you're also making alcohol that's like a it. great suggestion so we've made a classic martini so that is gin Vermouth, and we didn't actually have real lemons, so we put a little bit of lemon juice in. I'm I'm not sure about this. It's basically straight gin, but um Yeah, I mean I've never drunk a martini before. I've tried sips, Um, never a whole thing. Yeah, I... Sometimes we, like, do this thing and I'm like, I have to not mention this until the podcast episode. So all day Hannah's been like, Martinis, 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 martinis. She's like, oh, like, I don't know if I like martini. And I'm like, not tried one. And I'm like, can't say it because is better to wait but yeah i don't think i've tried a martini before charlie to be honest this probably isn't the best way to try a martini one made in my home measuring jug with ice cubes that weren't fully frozen yum cheers it burns it's pure alcohol gin is alcohol and vermouth is alcohol no fucking shit do you know what though Vermouth definitely does something to the gin because I've tried gin on its own before and it's not very nice. Vermouth definitely softens it slightly. Does it not make you feel a bit like James Bond? No, do this, do this, like look at me, Hannah. Do a bit of a like, Hannah, we're drinking it out of some <laughs> IKEA fucking looking glasses. It is from IKEA. They these were, are not. These were expensive from IKEA. This these was are me not... splashing out. They're literally just like tumblers. They They're not four a martini a glass. glass. But it's not a martini glass. I can't fit martini glasses in my cupboards. Have you seen the size of my cupboards? I went round your house before. And so last time I went round Charlie's house... I barely ever go round Charlie. Not in an offensive way. But maybe this <laughs> is like, why... She's I... like, it's disgusting. No, because last time we went round I was like, can I have a cup of tea? And she was like, no, don't have any. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll have a coffee. And she was like, no, don't have any. I was like, the fuck am I doing here then? <laughs> the fuck is this? In my defence... I don't drink tea because I don't like the taste of London water in I don't tea. don't care. You have emergency tea bags for guests. I've got chamomile tea. I don't want that shit. I just want a PG Tips bag, please. Um, And I do now have coffee. I have a coffee machine. Good. Because last time we came around, I was like, can I have a hot <laughs> caffeinated beverage? And you were like, nope. I was so pissed off. I'm so sorry. I'm such a bad. <laughs> <host>. <laughs> All I literally wanted was a tea or a coffee. I know, but I don't drink it, and I don't have a living room, so I don't have people over. Yeah, I know. So like, I did. Mm. I was being a bit of a dickball, so I was like, I also <laughs> only have one mug. <laughs> I feel like everyone now is definitely picturing, like, I just... <laughs> you live in You don't. It's actually... In your room, no, but- you have made it so nice. Because I saw it. So she lived in a different room in the flat she lives in. And I saw the room before she moved in and it was a hole. And then Charlie moved in and I was like, you have made this beautiful. It's quite literally a hole because there are massive holes in the room. <laughs> in the walls. Which I have covered up with photos of Ezra Miller, Miller from his Playboy shoot oh my god those photos and then so on one wall i've got like ezra miller like half naked in his playboy shoot and then on the other wall next to it i've got a load of photos of debbie harry in her bra and my landlord who (laughs) is like quite young but he's maybe like 30 and you're very typical like lad 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 he came into my room once and he just like looked from ezra miller looked debbie harry and then just looked at me in confusion and just like i didn't say it but in my brain i was just like Buy people exist. Yeah. yeah. I have a lot of glasses. No, martini glasses are wide. You can't fit them in a cupboard, Charlie. Also, anyway, Hannah I... isn't poor at all. That was completely a joke. <laughs> <Thanks>. Harry Potter. <laughs> I can, What I was going to say is like, if I swirl it and if I sip it, I can feel like I'm James Bond, you know? I'm kind of feeling it. Chapter, Chapter 11, 11. Aboard the Hogwarts Express. It's breakfast time. And Mrs. Weasley is talking to Mr. Diggory's head in the fire? And I have an immediate question. Mr. Diggory is telling, trying to tell Mr. Weasley that Mad-Eye Moody seemed like he had an intruder in the night, so his bins went off, which are like his burglar alarm. The muggle policeman got called and it's all a big deal because it's all a big deal. Why is Mr. Diggory telling him this? We've established that Mr. Diggory works in the magical creature department. Yeah. So why is he... Like, I understand that he's, like, passing it on as, like, an emergency message before the official news is broken. He wants... I think he basically wants Mr. Weasley to come in because Mr. Weasley... If Mr. Weasley comes in early, he can try to get him off on a lesser charge of, like, oh, it was um misuse of muggle artifacts rather than Mm -hmm. um like like rather than attacking a muggle but it's really weird that it's mr it just seems like it's mr diggory passing on the message so that we can hammer home that mr diggory is going to be part of the plot of this story yeah uh maybe mr diggory is just like a huge gossip I mean, maybe. He does seem the type. He does, yeah. So Mr. Weasley hurries off to try and sort it out. We learn that Mad-Eye Moody is an ex-Aura who's now, like, a little bit crazy. What? She's waving her hand in the air like she just don't care. You have to drink it. That's the rules of the podcast. Charlie's trying to put a drink down. I always feel bad when we're like, oh no, we don't like this Patreon alcohol. But it's funnier when we don't like it. So please... Don't be offended. The thing it's is, funnier. For heavy alcohol drinkers, such wimps when it comes to straight liquors. It just burns. I don't even mind the taste. It's just the burn when you swallow it. It's basically like downing. Yeah, anyway. um, The bit I was clapping at is you miss the part where Mrs. Weasley puts a bit of toast in Mr. Diggory's mouth. Oh, yeah. Through the fire. And it's just the fucking best bit. That like, is really good. Through the fire. She puts toast on some fire tongs and then puts it into his mouth. I'm like. For some reason, this is the best use of magic I could imagine. Yeah. The best this use of magic. This is a bit where like JK Rowling's imagination just jumps out. Yeah. You're just like, how it. how did your brain get do to that? Th- yeah, l- But it's also so realistic. Like this Mrs. Weasley, who is so motherly to everyone, being like, Oh no, let me feed you, please. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I love so it. So cute. yeah, we learn about Mad Eye Moody, that he's an ex-aura, and that he's paranoid in his yeah. old age. But what I love is like how loyal Mr. Weasley is. To him, because oh, okay. this is someone that we can kind of assume from context that that Mister Weasley is not still in like regular contact with. No. Like we don't know that, but we, we can assume from context all they were, you know, in in um the order of things. But we don't know that yet. Yeah. We know but but later like, on that they were yeah, in yeah, the yeah. order of the phoenix. But so together. we know that they like used Well, we don't know, but no, now actually, we know. Were the Weasleys originally in the original order? I no, don't they know. weren't. I think just Gideon and Fabian yeah. were, but. You know, we know that they kind of, like, used to know each other. And now, like, you know, not so much. And he's just kind of this weird, bit crazy recluse. But, But Mr. Weasley is so loyal to him. And, you know, he's rushing off to try and help him and i just think like it's a really amazing lovely thing that these people are like sticking together yeah and we don't know diggory's relation to mr weasley and i know i just said like in the last episode that diggory really horrible side of his character had shown by the way he yelled at winky but he also has this he also has this loyalty to mad eye moody he says you know arthur before anyone else comes in you you were the only person that could get him off i i Flew you because you have to get him off. So he also has this huge loyalty to this man, and it's it's really lovely to see. Yeah. So so do we want to take a minute to take a deep breath?
1: Okay, no, Charlie, hang I on. Can't. No, no, no. We're about to breathe in, travel.
0: Hannah, breathe in and breathe out. Are you guys ready to talk about travel to Hogwarts? <clears throat> Are you guys ready? Okay, here we go. So then they. They get. So they, Mrs. Weasley. No, no, no. They drive to King's Cross and, and let's move on. Let's just move on no, and let's just. We're let's We're not, not moving on. We're not moving on. Okay. So no, 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 we're not moving on. This is the entire core of our podcast. It's the only thing we know we're known for. Please let us rant about the travel. Uh, Mrs. Weasley orders taxis to London. Oh, no. Now, Ottery St. Catchpole. Is in Devon. It is a four hour drive. <laughs> Hold on, my pop socket's gone floppity. <laughs> no, stop. Even Hannah's pop socket is like, no. Pop socket, pop filter. <laughs> it's a four hour drive from devon to london that is not an affordable taxi it's not an affordable taxi also that implies we thought this was breakfast time just before work it's a four-hour drive the train is at 11 so it must be around you know giving them enough time for traffic and for other things that go wrong six o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and they're also not just ordering one taxi they're ordering three this is not Awful. can you even begin to imagine how much a taxi from yeah. Devon to London this would this is why the Weasleys are poor because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> every, every year order they order multiple taxis. taxis from Devon to yeah, London Cup. and I get that they have trunks but like a trunk is not much bigger than a sh- suitcase surely like yeah but there's, no Bill and Charlie just blasé decide to go with them they're like yeah we'll see you off I'm like you're taking up two seats in a fucking taxi mate Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this taxis, I do and also so Mrs Weasley this really annoyed me Mrs Weasley brave the muggle post office to go and order them these taxis we can only presume it's around 5am to be able to get them there in time therefore the post office wouldn't be fucking open Am I missing something about this chapter? Because I wanted to scream. And also, before any of you are like, how do we know Ottery St. Catchpole is in Devon? Just Google Ottery St. Catchpole. It's on Harry Potter Wiki. I don't know if J.K. Rowling has established it at this point, but it's very clear that Ron is from like the sticks and from somewhere like Devon. Like it's it's in Devon. Like, please yeah. don't tweet me. Yeah. yeah. Also, we've covered this before. You can technically drive to King's Cross. You can do it but you don't and you shouldn't you can't like it's just not a practical thing at least in this Harry mentions getting soaked in the walk from where the taxi dropped him off to the station so at least we know it wasn't like at the door but also that taxi would have then charged them loads of extra money for the congestion charge and I mean I don't know what was around in the 90s but it's not fucking realistic that they yep. got three taxis muggle taxis that they ordered at 5am in the morning from the post office from Devon to King's Cro- I'm d- I'm d- no no it's just get the fucking train it would be quicker and cheaper and would actually take you to the station and also better for the fucking environment the and also like taxis. in the 90s the trains would have been public wouldn't they yeah, I think they became private in the late 90s. So, you know. Cheap. What do you do? Just get taxis to the nearest station. Like, get taxis to... What's the nearest station? In, Torquay in Devon? Yeah, Torquay. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh-huh. Sorry, I just read this and was just like, oh, good, my blood is boiling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So they board the train. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bill yeah, and Charlie are. are like, I'm going to come back to Hogwarts. You're going to be so amazed. And they're teasing them about that. Yeah, what's they're just happen. like winding them up about witches stuff That is the job of older siblings. Whilst they're on the train, they discuss lots of different things. And one of the things they talk about is they find out that Hogwarts looks like a ruin from the outside. And it has this huge sign out the front that says, Danger, do not enter. And they find this out because they're talking about how nobody really knows where Darmstrong and Beaubatons are. Mm-hmm. So, A. I had two questions from this. A. Are the people inside Hogwarts and outside in the grounds still visible with this spell on? Or does this spell make the people invisible and everyone inside the walls? Yeah, I assume they become invisible. Fine. Question number two. This isn't a question. This spell, this ruined castle with this sign outside, would not deter British teenagers from going inside. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. I think what i like is in doctor who and torchwood when they kind of have these things that kind of like are hidden but aren't hidden yeah how they basically say it is that it's not that it's invisible it's that it's this kind of perception filter where you just kind of you can see it but you just kind of don't not care but you just kind of don't notice but or that's care, the leaky or... cauldron the leaky cauldron yeah. is hidden that way isn't it where the muggle's eyes just kind of Gloss over it, and it's not. You kind of just don't notice it. it. It's just not noticeable. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I much prefer that because that makes a lot more sense. Where like you kind of you would technically see it, but you just wouldn't think about it or really notice. Yeah. And like I get that Hogwarts is probably in the middle of nowhere in the Highlands of Scotland. So when I say British teenagers would still go in there there might not be any teenagers around because there probably isn't a muggle town or village for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles miles around so maybe that's the reason no one goes in but i'm just saying if there was an abandoned castle near where i grew up in the middle of nowhere then i would have definitely broken into it oh yeah something i've always wondered about is that okay so like muggles just see this as like an abandoned thing but what if and i know this would be unlikely but what if a wizard who was from a muggle family came mm-hmm. across hogwarts like with their family like they were on a holiday around scotland or something and they went past it and the kid having magical powers was like whoa what the shit and then obviously the parents would just be like mm, it's Ugh. a ruined castle yeah. like i know that one unlikely and two they would just be like oh kids imaginations no but it's, a, still, it's a good point like is it unplottable and yeah, is it to people that have magical powers or is it to people that don't prior know about it? Is it, like, a secret mm. keeper situation? Like, mm. no, it's a good point. Yeah, because that would also make sense that they could have just hidden it via, like, a secret keeper spell and that they're, you know... let they get the letter their, yeah, from Hogwarts. The that's, spell. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That would make sense. I feel like J.K. Rowling had, like, kind of three different ideas of how you can hide places and <laughs> it kind of developed over time but she kind of had said early on that this was it and then... Kind of had to just stick with it, I guess. Yeah. Draco Mal- comes into gloat because at this point he's it obsessed is, with them. It is a contractual obligation that every train ride he must come in and annoy mm-hmm. them. Like it's it's actually written in the contract. If you if you look at this contract, mm-hmm. here it is. Mm-hmm. This is the book contract, yeah. and it says Malfoy must enter carriage on every train journey. Yeah. It's like I don't personally ship. Draco and Harry. But I can completely see why Why? people do because it just comes off like he's fucking obsessed. obsessed. Like I He goes out of his his way. way. And like I understand if you don't like someone and therefore if they annoy you, you say things at them. But Malfoy goes out of his way to Mm. seek Harry and his friends out to annoy them and I'm just You know that he's probably just like they're all like sat in their compartment, being Slytherins, having a good time, being really racist and shit. And then (sighs) it's probably like Draco be like so like, where do you reckon Harry is? And they were like, Oh Draco, just like leave it out like we ha- and he's like No. Yeah, no, but like, no, do no, you reckon like, like do you like reckon like thing. Harry's gotten on yet? Or like do you reckon they're like down the other end of the train and they're like, Look, just Draco, just like drop it, just chill. Look. We're like, having a nice time. Come we're on, just about like our race. Just Yeah. Like, you know, we're comparing our swastika tattoos. Just like, come on, just, you know. And he's like, Okay and then a bit later on he's like, Shall we just like go on a walk like i just fancy a walk should we just go walk down and they're like you just want to walk by harry don't you like and they're like no 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 no. i just i just you know i just i just feel like we could go on a walk and uh, that's why the draco from a very potter musical is the best interpretation of draco oh yeah the the most accurate like yeah sorry tom Felton, but you know so they arrive at hogwarts and it's chucking it down and that's the end of this chapter cool chapter 12 i also forgot to write it down the Wizard tournament dun, dun, dun. so they arrive in the entrance hall they are sopping wet and ron immediately gets hit by a water balloon of all the times to throw water balloons for maximum impact do it when people are dry no but i suppose it's like you know that feeling when it's raining and you don't have an umbrella and you're, like, rushing to get through the crowds and then you get inside, you're like, oh, thank God. And you you really relax, you're like, oh. That moment, if a water balloon hit me, I'd be more stressed than if I was, like, hot and dry. Nah, because if I was, like, my hair was good and my makeup was good and my outfit was good and I was all dry and then the next second I was wet, that would annoy me more. It's all annoying. Peeves is being... So it's Peeves in the water balloons and he's being a little bastard. A little bastard. But also this bit made me really sad for the fact that we never got... Um,
1: oh shit, it's what's his the name? Thing?
0: Rick Mail? Rick Mail. Because he would have just been so perfect. <gasps> Dennis Creevy is starting and he gets fished out of the lake by the big squid or whatever it is. When they all walk into the Great Hall, the way it's written made me realise that the way the house tables are laid out might not be the way we've thought. Hannah, get a fucking life. No, okay. So the house tables in your head are laid out like one, two, three, four, Mm -hmm. with the the teach table at Mm -hmm. the top. The way it's written in this book, so it says, Harry, Ron and Hermione walked past the Slytherin, Ravenclaws and the Hufflepuffs and sat down with the rest of the Gryffindors at the far side of the hall. What this made me think about is whether we've interpreted it wrong the whole time and because they had to walk past all four houses and then it's mentioned something about the way the Gryffindors are facing, about whether the four house tables are actually laid out horizontally, which would be bizarre, wrong and disgusting. No, because you would still have to walk past if it's just that the not all four no no but if the door was right on one side of the hall rather than in the middle you would still have to walk past all four I suppose that's assuming where the door is I suppose I've always assumed the door is in the middle yeah but I suppose if the door is to one side then they would have to walk past all four yeah I hope it's that because can you just imagine the seat just imagine it in your head if it's the teacher's table Mm -hmm. then Gryffindor, Ravenclaw Hufflepuff, Slytherin Is that not a disgusting image? Yeah. But also, why are we talking about this? I don't know. You carry on with Dennis. So, yep. Dennis is starting. The Sorting Hat does his song. I can sing it to you if you like. Yes. A thousand years ago, when I was newly sown, there lived four wizards of renown whose names are still well known. Bob Gryffindor from Wildmoor, far Ravenclaw from Glen, Sweet Hufflepuff from Valley Broad, Shrewd Slytherin from Fen. I'm not going to do any more than that. No, no, you have to. No. No, because I need you to get to a certain line. So you got to finish it. Why? Is the line at the end? Just keep going. They shared a wish, a hope, a dream. They hatched a daring plan to educate young sorcerers. Thus Hogwarts School began. Now each of these four founders formed their own house, for each did value different virtues in ones they had to teach. By Gryffindor, the bravest were, prized far beyond the rest. For Ravenclaw, the cleverest would always be the best. For Hufflepuff, hard workers were most worthy of admission and power-hunger Slytherin loved those of great ambition. While still alive, they did divide their favorites from the throng. Yet how to pick the worthy ones when they were dead and gone? T'was Gryffindor who found the way, he whipped me off his head. The founders put some brains in me so I could choose instead. Now slip me snug about your ears, I've never yet been wrong. I'll have a look inside your mind and tell where you belong. I didn't have a point. I just wanted you to finish that. You're such a bastard. No, okay. I did have a point. But it's not like really like a very serious point. Oh, no, shit, you. You me. Just me... no, but to me, I think what stood out when I read that is it's all very like melodical and like not metaphorical, but none of it is very like literal. And then there's like the line that seemed quite jarring to me was the... The founders put some brains, brains in me. me. It's like, whose brains? Whose brains did you take? And did they Where literally did get those take brains? their brains? And is the Sorting Hat a piece of all of them? Because we don't really think we just think it's an enchanted hat. and We don't really think too much into his origin. But the what if he's Sorting got Hat bits of brain in yeah, like the Sorting Hat has this personality and not necessarily like a good one but you just think like what if he is like an actual like concoction of all of the founders i don't know it just made me think a bit more about his like origin and something about the whole put brains in me thing just kind of it's all very jeery blah 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 like you know and then they put brains in me and it just like seemed a little bit jarring yeah no i get that yeah Mm -hmm. it is it is a bit weird when J.K. Rowling was writing this book, obviously it was a bigger gap between three and four. And during that time, someone wrote to her and said, um, there's a girl, um, she has leukemia and she really wants to find out what happens in the book. Can you please tell her? And J.K. Rowling wrote down what happened to the main trio in book four because the email was basically like, she's not gonna live. You know, She w- really wants to know. And the email arrived the day after the girl died mm. and jk rowling this really stuck with her so she went back to this sorting chapter and wrote down one of the people that are sorted to that girl's name so Aww. this girl would live forever in these books so i just wanted to take this moment to like talk about that and say that girl's name so um in this chapter natalie mcdonald is sorted into gryffindor natalie mcdonald was a real Harry Potter fan. She was only about nine, and she died of leukaemia. That's Um, really sad. But she lives on forever, sorted into Gryffindor, into the book. So, I think that's really beautiful that she lives forever. She like. In a hundred years, these books will still be read by people the same the way that Alice in Wonderland and everything is read and her name is forever in these books. And I think that's really, really beautiful. So, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up that when you reread book four, if you ever do, the name Natalie MacDonald is a real yeah. person and a real Gryffindor. At the feast, Hermione finds out that Hogwarts has hel- elves and she <laughs> goes Hels. on a hunger strike, which I'm just <laughs> like, okay, great, Hermione. Um, how long do you think... That can last, like I it's just like it's very white feminism, where it's like, what is this actually doing? Like, maybe actually, like, you know, open a dialogue and like speak to Dumbledore. Which she, I, I and she does try to open a dialogue later, but it's this their, very like initial. Their, it's this very initial. She? No, that's the thing. I thought about this during this chapter, and she tries to open a dialogue with the elves and everything, but never does she take. Yeah, she basically oh, she gets she gets a bunch of signatures. And she does her, like, knitting thing. She doesn't ever actually talk to the house elves. I mean, she does talk to the house elves, actually. When they go... But after, she starts doing the stupid knitting thing first. No, the knitting is book five. She does talk to the house elves in this book. Does she? Yeah, she tries to get them all to, like, get together. And they're like, I hate you. Please get out of the kitchen. Okay, I don't remember that bit. But, yeah, she never, like, opens a dialogue with, with, like, Dumbledore. Dumbledore. She just gets signatures and then doesn't really do anything. But I'm just, like, going on hunger strike... okay no one cares yeah I'm, and also like you can only do that for a few days like. i do find it a bit weird that she i mean maybe it's her youth you know she's like 14 15 but i do find it a bit weird that she never takes this course to dumbledore and opens up a dialogue yeah with him but yeah this hunger cycle is very much i mean the thing about this whole spew thing which we will come back to in the spew chapter but the short version of it it, it is very re- reminiscent of your of Young people's gut reaction to issues. Like you have this gut reaction of, oh my God, I have to help. I'll help in this way. And mm. you, you, the way you immediately think to help is actually not helpful to the cause. And it's just your immediate reaction from someone in a position of privilege. <sighs> I have to help. I'm going to go on a hunger strike. It's like, who is that benefiting? Yeah. Think longer and harder. And Hermione does think longer and harder eventually, but not right now. Yeah. Yeah. So then Dumbly announces Dumbly? <laughs> oh also Hermione asks if they get sick leave and I was just like I didn't have sick leave in my last job not that that means the house don't deserve it I'm just kind of more thinking Hermione really needs to work for the government now because my last job I didn't get paid sick leave yeah like we don't really it's on a case-by-case basis which means you don't so my manager just doesn't report it yep so yeah dumbly announces that quidditch won't happen this year thank fuck stop it stop trying to be cool and saying you don't like quidditch i don't like the quidditch chapters and i'm allowed so then, Moody arrives in the most badass way possible. Yeah. So literally, like Dumbly is like about to announce the Triwizard Tournament, and then there is thunder. The doors swing open, and then there's lightning. And Moody's there. It's like <laughs> I want to arrive like that somewhere. Like dum dum dum. Yep. We always assumed that the enchantment of the ceilings is just this like pretty aesthetic enchantment. Is it not... Is it a part of Hogwarts? And does Hogwarts know that he is an intruder? Is this... I mean, it's... You have, like, pathetic fallacy, don't you? Where it's, like, the weather is the mood and this is very... Yeah. Well, the, the weather always mirrors what's outside because it's explicitly mentioned earlier in the chapter that Harry was thinking about the rain outside and the first year's crossing the yeah, rain. And he looks up but... the, the the Great Hall and it's stormy. Yeah, but it's the thunder and the lightning. Mm. Literally, he walks in, there's thunder, mm, they all turn and look, and there is lightning. So we know that Hogwarts has... Okay, so this is actually really interesting. and something that will come up in later books. Hogwarts itself has a power of magic in yeah. and of itself. It's almost sent... It is almost sentient. And there's multiple examples of this. So um, I was actually reading something about Peeves. A poltergeist, as explained on I think Pottermore, is not a ghost. Um, A poltergeist is a spirit of basically childish and what's the word mischievous emotions Mm -hmm. um and hogwarts is full of that because it's full of children so it's full of children misbehaving so when they say peeves can never be got rid of it's because he is the spirit of the children he's the spirit of the misbehaving children so he lives because hogwarts lives when hogwarts goes to war um professor mcgonagall commands all the statues to come to life the statues are sentient Mm -hmm. to guard hogwarts and hogwarts almost becomes a life force to protect the students it is trying to protect itself so hogwarts does have this kind of and there are many many other examples of this of it of like trick staircases and these kind of things catching some people and not others and like it it does seem like it is it is trying to protect itself so i think there's definitely something in there about the, the sky trying to warn people yeah it and also it just seems very cheesy for jk rowling to be like look this guy
1: <laughs> thunder, <laughs> there and is literally
0: thunder and lightning as he walks into the thing like that's quite like a cheesy to actually write in that yeah. kind of that's something that happens in cinema not in books so yeah. to me this very like this stands out as a thing where it's like it has to be in here for a reason like yeah. it has to be that actually it's it's hogwarts going Yeah, fuck no, like not that guy. Yeah. So then Moody walks up the Great Hall, and there's a description of his face, and it's incredibly scarred. His nose is almost gone. He has a fake eye, but I find the children's description and their reaction to him really interesting. Both, all three, Harry and Hermione have this reaction where they like can't stop looking, and they're like, "Oh my god, his face!" And it's a very childish reaction, to be honest. Like. I think as adults, we... You know, someone who's that injured on their face, you know, as adults, we wouldn't be like, wow, let's stare at them and be like, wow, how did they get that? Oh my God, let's whisper really obviously. Like, you don't do that. and But for these three, it's their first time seeing someone like this. So they're like, oh my God, how did they get that? Oh my God, let's all stare at his face. Let's all whisper really obviously. I'm like, that's mean. All three of you are being mean even if you don't know you're being mean yeah yeah so Dumbledore introduces him as moody and says that he is the new defence against the dark arts teacher Um, he then goes on, on to say that the Triwizard Tournament will be t- taking place this year and goes on to explain a little about what it is and basically how Durmstrang and Boo- uh, take place and that it's like a thousand years old or whatever but hasn't been done in like a hundred years because people kept dying. Yeah, And the way he phrases people kept dying is because the death toll got too high. As a child, I read toll as troll. And I was convinced growing up for, like, my first five readings of this, so quite a while, that Dumbledore was saying the death troll got too high. So I was like, oh, my God, this tournament includes some sort of, like, murderous troll. Like, it's a really dangerous troll. Yeah. I just didn't understand the word toll as the word number. Like, so my brain was reading it as troll. Troll. I like the death troll. The death troll. So still to this day, I'm reading. I'm like, oh, the death troll. And I'm like, Hannah, it's a toll. And I'm like, oh, the death troll. So then the twins and Ron both... Like all really want to enter, and they're like discussing how to trick the judge. Which yeah, because Dumbledore point, says that there's an age restriction. Yeah, and he says that there will be an impartial judge. So you kind of assume that it's a, a person. person. The way he phrases it, impartial judge definitely sounds like a person. What I find interesting is Harry seems really unbothered. So the twins are super super bothered. Ron is kind of like yeah, but yeah, yeah, he so what still goes to bed dreaming. But the way I think of it is, so Harry goes to bed dreaming of it, but in the way like whenever anyone mentions anything, like I might dream. Of singing in Wembley. I can't sing. I wouldn't want to do that. It doesn't mean I actually want it. It's just like one of those like, oh yeah, yeah, that would be cool. What I find interesting is Harry ends up getting entered into it. But he is one of the ones least bothered by the whole thing. The twins are really outraged. Ron's kind of interested. Harry is kind of like, oh, oh, the age limit. And then he just stops being bothered by it. He's like, no, oh, well, whatever. Yeah, and just, because he's, he's happy. already got money in eternal glory. Exactly. He's like, I'm happy to go on with life. He's one of the ones least bothered by it, which is why it's most frustrating that he ends up in it and why it's, I think, most frustrating for Ron because Ron's the one like, yeah, maybe we could find a way to trick it. And Harry's like, yeah, maybe if you find a way, you know, tell me. Yeah. And then Harry ends up getting in. So to Ron, that's really offensive. So I just find it really interesting that Harry never wanted this glory. Everyone that this, from this book, in, into the next one, it starts to build up that Harry is really superficial. He's a show off. He, he likes to brag. And for, for us reading Harry's internal monologue, it's the exact opposite. He's yeah. just like, no, nah, I'm not bothered. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to bed. Yeah. Neville's foot gets caught in a trick staircase, which is definitely a setup for later so that we know there's a trick staircase. And my copy had the word at soccer. Instead of football, when talking about West Ham, and I was like, "This is the first edition of the English copy." Jake Rowling had been so persuaded by her U.S. editors, she wrote the word "disgusting" soccer, which absolutely is absolutely disgusting. disgusting, gross. It's football. Great. These two chapters, not much happened. Yeah, but but what did you think of them? I liked them. I. It's very. It's quite weird for me doing this podcast to get used to this suddenly longer book because there's a lot less happening per chapter but the words it's a lot more well written but it's very odd to get used to yeah definitely what did you think of them yeah they're fine they they are just kind of setting things up and world building which is so common with like the earlier chapters in the books definitely yeah i can't wait to dive into it i like i think these books are where I think the second half is going to get really interesting for me because typically when I reread now I don't reread I do the audio books and a lot of the time I will start because I'll be going through like quite an anxious phase yeah and then by like halfway through the book I've like stopped listening to them to go to sleep or whatever so then it means that the front end of the books I'm really really familiar and then Mm. the second halves I'm less familiar because they get quite long yeah um, so, I think that's like once we get into a bit more, like the more we read, the less I'm going to have remembered because I, I've read it less. I also find in my anxious stages when I'm using it to get to sleep or my upset stages, I purposely don't listen to the end of some books because they're they are, darker. They're darker, yeah. more anxious, building So, I purposely pick, I will switch between the beginning of books. So, I'll listen to beginning of the be beginning of book four beginning of book five and never get to the end because I'm just wanting to go to sleep and relax so I don't want to listen to the bit where like people are dying and stuff yeah so yeah I know the first half of the book's a lot better in the back of my mind yeah yeah but yeah I enjoyed these <laughs> chapters they're just quite brief they're, but they're and yet like we've world talked building for like a homely... 55 minutes I know you were texting me like do you think we need to read you know more?" I, I basically thought you were hinting that you wanted to read more chapters per episode I was like nope we don't need to <laughs> I think we need to look at it going forward nope but not now <laughs> because we can rant about travel no five years of this podcast oh my god <laughs> never ends. I don't want to be friends with you that long on that note Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. VR, Nathan, Amanda, Catherine, Mark,